Welcome to our look through Mark chapter 8 in Daily Drive Time Devotions. We're looking at verses 9 to 21 today. This is our second look, second day. We began to look at the feeding of the 4,000 yesterday, and today we're going to see what happens next. In just a few moments, we're going to talk about the disciples and the confusion that they faced, and I think you're going to be able to relate to this challenge that they had to grow in faith. But before the disciples, listen to what happened with the teachers, the Pharisees of that day, after this great miracle that he worked. In verses 9, the last half of verse 9 through verse 12. And having sent them away, he got into the boat with his disciples and went into the region of Dalmuthia. The Pharisees came and began to question Jesus. To test him, they asked him for a sign from heaven. He sighed deeply and said, Why does this generation ask for a miraculous sign? I tell you the truth, no sign will be given to it. Now, here's what's amazing to me about what happens here. Jesus has been healing people all day long, practically every day. He's just fed 4,000 with a few loaves and fish. And here are these Pharisees asking him for a sign. Are they blind? How could they have missed it? You know, I've found that when people come to Jesus with their honest doubt, He shows himself to them in more ways than they could possibly have imagined. As Elizabeth Barrett Browning said, earth's crammed with heaven and every common bush a fire with God. And those who come to God with honest doubts see that. But I've also found this. I found that what someone is calling a doubt is really a selfish attachment to their own agenda. There's really no sign that's good enough. And that's what these Pharisees were facing in that day. That's what happened with the Pharisees. Now, listen to what happened with the disciples. And then, in verse 13, Then he left them, got back into the boat, and crossed to the other side. The disciples had forgotten to bring bread, except for one loaf they had with them in the boat. Be careful, Jesus warned them. Watch out for the yeast of the Pharisees and that of Herod. They discussed this with one another and said, Is it because we have no bread? Aware of their discussion, Jesus asked them, Why are you talking about having no bread? Do you still not see or or understand? Are your hearts hardened? Do you have eyes but fail to see and ears but fail to hear? And don't you remember? When I broke the five loaves for the 5,000, how many basketfuls of pieces did you pick up? Twelve, they replied. And when I broke the seven loaves for the 4,000, how many basketfuls of pieces did you pick up? They answered, seven. He said to them, do you still not understand? Now, before talking about our understanding as disciples here, let's first talk about why the 12 and then the 7. This is part of the more than enough that we talked about yesterday. 12 baskets left over and then 7 baskets left over. It was a sign of the fact that God had done more than enough in this miracle. But the numbers are important. There's a lot of theories about this. It's pretty obvious that the 12 baskets that were left over when Jesus fed the 5,000 represent the 12 tribes of Israel. It's interesting that that miracle happened in Israel. This miracle happens in Gentile territory. And here in Gentile territory, seven baskets are left over. Some suggest that has to do with the seven Canaanite tribes, the seven Gentile tribes are outside of the people of Israel. Whatever it has to do with, I'll tell you this, 12 is a number of completion for the Jews, and 7 is a number of completion for the Gentiles. And this is saying God's supply is not only more than enough, it is complete. God's resources are complete. They are all that we could ever need. Now, I don't always see that in my life. 
and maybe you don't either. I always want something more in some other way, but I have a faith, I have a confidence that when we get to heaven and we look back over our lives, we're gonna see the 12 and the seven. We're gonna see the not only more than enough, but the complete supply of the resources of God. But while we're in this world, we struggle with that. I do, you do, these disciples did. They have another wrong perspective here. And Jesus talks about it. Their their perspective is that they're setting their minds on the material and not on the spiritual. The wrong perspective yesterday Jesus had to correct was they were setting their minds on their resources and not on God's. Here it's they're setting their minds on the material and not the spiritual. Jesus says, watch out for the leaven of the Pharisees and of Herod. That's a warning concerning the spread of evil influence. Just like leaven goes into a bread and it spreads throughout the bread and makes all the dough rise, he's saying, watch out for the leaven. That's that which permeates the whole. A little leaven leavens the whole lump of dough. Watch out for that. Watch out for this false teaching. It goes completely over the disciples' heads. Jesus is talking about, watch out for the evil influence of the Pharisees, the leaven, and they say, did we forget to buy bread? Did we not get enough bread? Is Jesus chastising us? Jesus overhears this. It's a small boat. And he says, what are you talking about? Your, your concern is focused entirely on the material. And because their concern was focused only on the material, that's all they could hear Jesus saying. Their spiritual radio signal was jammed. A physical worry. Did we forget to buy bread? Did we do something wrong? A physical worry overshadowed a spiritual truth. Now, I can relate to that. I guess you can too. There's all kinds of times when physical worries overshadow, jam a spiritual truth. What jams the signal? Three major things. Guilt, fear, and worry. I can totally miss God's truth in my life. I can totally miss what God is saying. It can go right over my head spiritually because of guilt and fear and worry. God is saying, I want to forgive you, and all I can see is my guilt, and I try to get myself forgiven by the good things that I do. I miss it because guilt is jamming the signal of hearing the truth. Or God is saying, I want to use you. I want to work in your life. I want to do something in your life. And I totally miss it because I'm afraid. I'm afraid of my past. I'm afraid of the future. And my fear keeps me from missing the truth that God wants to use me. Or maybe worry. That's what the disciples were facing here. They were worried they hadn't done something right. They were were anxious that they'd only gotten one loaf of bread and they needed more. Is Jesus telling us we did something wrong? And because of that, they missed the truth that he was trying to say. Here's the key point here. Worry. Worry in my life and in your life. Anxiety over the little things is one of the things that causes me most often to miss the truth that God is trying to get into my life. And here's how it works. Worry may help you to remember the bread, but it'll cause you to miss the truth. And that's why we keep worrying. We think, well, if I worry about it, maybe next time I'll remember to bring 12 loaves of bread into the boat when Jesus wants me to. And maybe I will. And we think, well, my worry has done something good for my life. I remembered the 12 loaves of bread. That's great if all of life was just material, but it is not. Worry will help you to remember the bread, maybe, but it will certainly cause you to miss the truth because you're focused on the material and you miss the spiritual. That's the problem with worry. Anxiety focuses me on the merely material and it causes me to miss the deeply spiritual things that God wants to do in my life. It causes me to miss the power of what he wants to do in my life. 
If you've been telling yourself, well, worry's not really that bad a thing. Worry works okay in my life. It helps me to remember to do things on my to-do list. I want to remind you that your life is more than a to-do list. Your life, your life is to be lived for the glory of God. Your life is to be lived out in a way that allows, allows his truth to get a hold of your heart in a way that changes everything. And worry will keep that from happening every time. So let's talk to him. Let's talk to Jesus Christ. And as we talk to him today, just say, Jesus, here are my worries. Because I have them, you have them. Just say, Jesus, I give them to you. Instead of me holding on to my anxieties, trying to handle them on my own, I give them to you. I let them go to you. I trust you. God, I, I realize that these anxieties that I have, some of them may happen, most of them will never happen. But, but the truth of the matter is, my life is to be lived, not just trying to keep anxieties from happening in my life. You've given me a life to live for your honor, for your glory, and that's the life that I want to live. So God, I pray that I would be anxious for nothing, but that in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, I would make my request known to you. And I do that right now. I, I tell you, here's my request in this area of my anxiety. I ask you to meet this need. I ask you to work in this way. I ask you to give me peace. Here is my request. I give it to you, Jesus. In your name, amen. Tomorrow, we're going to be talking together about, well, it's one of the most dramatic moments between Jesus and his disciples in the entire three years of ministry together. We'll see you tomorrow. Tomorrow.